Now, I want to look particularly, God's given us tons of stuff, and we're going to look particularly at five gifts that God has given to each of us. So if you're a follower of Jesus, I believe all five of these gifts are in you. But what we're going to do is we're just, today we're going to focus on just one, maybe two, that are primary, secondary gifts that kind of rise to the surface. They're called apest gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then I believe these things are in you. And again, one or two of them will be dominant, will kind of rise to the surface. And the, this is all taken from Ephesians 4. So let me read this to you. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So did you hear that? To each one of us. So if you're part of each one of us, and you are, then grace has been given to you. So everybody who's following Jesus, grace has been given to you. And now I'm going to, Paul's going to tell us what the expressions of that grace are. Skip down to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So we're going to use the word shepherd instead of pastor. When people hear pastor, they think of someone like me who gets paid. I want you to hear shepherd. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Why did he give those? To equip his people for works of service. Why is that important? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So what I want you to hear there, if you're following Jesus, then he has apportioned grace to you. And the expression of that grace is one of those five gifts. Again, I I think everybody has all five of them because Jesus is the full embodiment of those five gifts. And he lives within us by his Holy Spirit. But for our purposes, we're going to say there's just, let's just think about one or maybe two of those gifts that are dominant in you. Those are the ones that he's given to you. Why has he given those gifts to you? In order to help build up the rest of us. So it doesn't say he's given professional ministers for the building up of the body. It says he's given these five gifts, and everyone who's following him is one of those five gifts. In Ephesians 4, the gifts are people. They're not, sometimes uh, there are other spiritual gifts, gift lists. Talk about the gift of miracles or the gift of prophecy. And we can kind of think of gifts as a thing, like something under a tree. True. Here in Ephesians, gifts are people. He's given these five people, these five roles to the church. Why? To build the church up, to equip the church. So we're equipping each other for works of service. Why do we care? So that the body of Christ can be matured. Really important. A lot of the problems that we have with Big C Church are rooted in the fact that we're immature as a Big C Church. And here is Jesus' Remedy, solution to that. I've given these five roles, and if they're all functioning, if they're all in the mix, then the body of Christ will be built up. Will be, will be, people will be equipped to do their deal, figure out their calling and do it, and the body as a whole will be mature. Super important. If you're following Jesus, you're included in this. Nobody is omitted. Nobody's on the sidelines. Everybody's been given one of these Everybody is one of these gifts. Again, I would say one, maybe two of these things are dominant in all of our lives. So here's what I want us to do. We're going to, you can skip that. We're going to move through these, and I want you to hear 
big picture overview. This is important. If you were at the family dinner a few weeks ago, we said we're shifting our leadership from towards this APEST model. If you weren't at the family dinner, I need you to go listen to that. It's an hour long, but the first fi- most of that's question and answer. About 15 minutes at the beginning will give you the, the whys and the hows and the whats behind why we're transitioning leadership. But this is important for us as a church collectively, and it's also important for you personally. So as we walk through these five, I want you thinking, which one feels like me? Which one of these can I fit? So the first is apostle. Don't think Peter, James, and John. You're not one of those, and nobody else is either. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about people who are in the original 12. Those guys were eyewitnesses to Jesus' resurrection. None of us are. So that's not the category that I'm talking about. The word apostle means sent one. The best kind of modern-day equivalent we may have professionally in the spiritual world is a missionary. They're sent ones. That's that idea. But you don't have to be someone who picks up and moves to another country to have this bent to you. People who go first. People who are pioneers. Now, all of this is under the umbrella of kingdom advancement. Remember, the king is gone, and he says, what are you doing with what I've given you? Are you, are you extending my kingdom? Are you accomplishing my agenda? Are you fulfilling my purposes? So everything's under the umbrella of Jesus' of Jesus's name being glorified, not ours. But I do think there are people who we would say are entrepreneurial, who are not Christians, and some of those characteristics are the same. For someone who's an apostle and someone who's an entrepreneur. Because you're an entrepreneur does not mean that you're apostolic. It, but there are, it, it could be. There are some commonalities there. In our church, somebody who you may know, I'd say, is a great example is Liz Walker. In her t- she doesn't have an official role. She doesn't have an official platform. She really doesn't even like talking in front of people. But if you look at her track record, she started multiple things during her Five or six years here. She started Park Street Soccer. She started doing feeding during Christmas Eve and Thanksgiving for Park Street families. She opened up a new mission field in Nicaragua. All of that without an official position. That's apostolic. It's this idea of saying, I'm willing to go first. I'm willing to break new ground. I'm willing to lay a foundation that other people can build on. Now, all of these have an immaturity side. And often for us, we can see that better than we can see those key characteristics. Most of us are aware of our own flaws, and when you look at that immaturity, that may help you say, hey, yeah, that really is me. The next one is prophet. When we hear prophet, sometimes we think somebody who's predicting the future, not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who hears God. Bo is a prophet, That's, or is prophetic. Kim is. Brandon, who shared earlier. All, I would say all of those guys fall under that umbrella. That's their primary bent. So if I say, what is Brandon's gift to the body? He's a prophet. Doesn't mean that he's predicting the future, but he does these things. I remember the first time he and I go out to lunch. We've gone out to lunch every week for probably 15 years. And I remember when we started, and I would say, how was your weekend? And he would say it was a 7 out of 10. And I would think, who puts a number? Like, who does that? And I went home and talked to Misty. He was like, he evaluates everything. Everything's on a scale. I don't know if he's evaluating our lunches on a scale. But that's kind of that profit thing. There's a, there's a standard. And let's see how things measure up. He talks a lot about, if you, if you talk a lot about fair, 
That might mean that you're prophetically oriented. That's another way of talking about justice. If it burns you up when things aren't fair. Like that's not, that's not everybody. That's you. That's part of what it means to have this prophetic bent. Is everything is black and white. And justice matters. And when, ju- when there is injustice, it's wrong. And something needs to be done about it. And I'm not just going to let it go. I'm not on Facebook. But I think you can probably find the prophetic guys on Facebook in the comments. They're really long. So that may be you, if that's you, and you can see some of the immaturity as well. Evangelists, those first two I think are the hardest ones for us to get our minds around. The rest of these we have more categories for. So an evangelist is a recruiter. We may, this, don't hear this negatively, it's a salesman. Pulls people in, gets people on board. Great at, stereotypically, prophets are introverts and Evangelists are extroverts. Not all the time, but those are stereotypes. People, people. Get energized being around people. Everybody always knows what the, their thing is. You know what restaurant they went to because they're trying to get you to come the next time they go. You know what their favorite movie is because they're trying to get you to see it. That bent that says, I've got good news. Hopefully it's Jesus, but sometimes it's other things. I'm just going to tell you what's going on and what's good in my life, and I want you to be a part of it. That may be you. Pastor or shepherd is better. Let's see the next one, please. So a shepherd, you have a sense of these people as well. Love people. So evangelists love people too. Evangelists are, it's, it's broader. Shepherds are deeper with a few most pe- There are more shepherds than there are anything else because we need more than anything else. Most people can handle, in terms of shepherding, probably 70 to 100. That's kind of the, the, the limit there. So if you think about the number of people who are following Jesus and divide it by 100, it's how many shepherds you need to adequately take care of everybody. They don't forget people's names. They know what's going on in people's lives. They love being interrupted. To sit down and have a long conversation with somebody. To them, that's not an interruption. That's life. That's what they're here for. That may be you. If you spend a lot of time, if you're the, the friend in your group that keeps the group together. If you're the, the, the hub and everything kind of runs through you and you know what's going on with everybody else. Then you may be a shepherd. That may be the way God has gifted you to build up the body is by taking care of people. Noticing. Do you notice when people aren't around? And wonder, why aren't they here? I wonder what's going on. And not just wonder, but then you follow up. Hey, what's been happening with you? Just curious. Is that, if that's you, then shepherd may be your thing. Last, teacher. Again, you have a sense of what this is. Penny is a great example who works with our children. She oozes this in everything that she does. She writes all of her own curriculum for three-year-olds up through fifth grade. She can't buy it. She, she can't. She has to write it on her own. She has this thing, these things in her that she wants to get out to our kids in a way that they understand. So being a teacher is not about being smart necessarily. It's about saying, I want you to get it. And if that's you, you want other people to have that aha moment. You want other people to get it, whatever it is. People come to you and say, hey, can you help me with this? You may be a teacher. You have a knack for explaining things. You think, oh, anybody can do this. They can't. Michael Jordan was one of the best basketball players ever and was a terrible coach. He didn't know how to tell people to do what he did. 
It's not a teacher. It's a gift. So very well could be that you do this. This is a profession. But just because someone's in that profession doesn't mean that they're gifted to teach. And just because you're not in that profession doesn't mean that you're not. So I want you to hear that. Again, a spiritual gift, not just as profession. Or do you want to stand up in front of people and do a lecture? Don't hear, do I like standing up in front of people and doing a lecture? Hear, do I like helping people get it? And that may be very informal. It may be one-on-one, one-on-three, that type. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to love standing behind a podium. So those five, everybody is one of those five. We went through them pretty quickly. If you want more information, there's a book. Scott will throw it up there where it's great. There's tons of information on this. This is an easy book to read if you want to um, grab onto this at a deeper level. If you don't want to read the book, uh, Teacher is my secondary one, so I've already read it and summarized it for you. So you can email me, and I'll send you the notes that uh, break it down. If you're interested in diving in, if you didn't know initially which one of these things is me, um, then maybe you can grab it if you look at my notes or if you read that book. And there's actually a pretty good online assessment that you can take. I think it's $10. Then that thing will help you kind of figure out as well. It's on a website called uh, theforgottenways.org. So blah, blah, blah. Here's what I want you doing walking away. Recognizing you're in this period of absence. We're in this period where the king is quote, unquote, gone. And he's given all of us gifts. And we can talk about money and opportunities and natural strengths and spiritual gifts and relationships. We can talk. And all of those things fit under what Jesus has given to us. I want you this morning thinking specifically of these five things. Jesus has wired you in a certain way. He's put something in you that we all need. And if you're not operating in that giftedness... It's not just hurting you, it's hurting us. If the body of Christ can't be built up except through these guys, then if you're not, and I'm not talking about a position, but if you're not actively pursuing people according to the way you're bent, if you're not looking to help equip and build up the body, think individuals there, then we're not growing to maturity. Don't, again, don't hear that as pressure, hear that as an invitation. There's all kinds of ways Jesus could work, and what he's chosen to do is work through us for better or for worse. We talk all the time about doing your deal, and that can seem so big and so nebulous because the possibilities are endless. Well, I'm I'm giving you five now. They're not endless. You're, You're one of those five. If none of them fit you, then you're not seeing yourself well, honestly. And you need to ask somebody who knows you well and say, what do you see in me? Because you're, if you're following Jesus, he's, you're one of those five things. To each one of us, grace has been given. So we're going to close with two things. One is I want you to try to, to, to discern before the Lord, which of those five things am I? Do I feel more apt? And don't worry, none is better than the other. They're all given by Jesus to us. They're all, everything's level. Leadership in the kingdom is service. This is not about lording over, but at all but about building others up. So don't hear greater or less. So do you lean more apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherding, didactic teaching? Which one of those do you lean towards? And the second thing I want you to do, if you're on the um, underneath y'all, Steve's side and Mary Davidson's side and Brandon's side, there are these cards. 
you don't necessarily have to take one, but we are moving in this direction of reforming our leadership team. And the first step in that process is to get nominations from the body for people to move into that leadership team. Now, you may not be ready for this. If you haven't listened to the family dinner talk, then I would encourage you not to fill out a card yet. We're going to have several weeks to do it. But if you have, and you just listen to me, you may be thinking of people looking around the church and saying, man, that guy or that girl, I see this in them. So what we're looking for in leadership here, real quickly as we close, we're creating this new structure that's composed of two teams, staff and volunteers. The only difference is who gets paid. Um, And the volunteers, you can see the two primary responsibilities there. Help set spiritual atmosphere and invest in others. So that's building up the body of Christ. So what we want together is to hear what God is saying to us and then help one another become the people that God has called and created us to be. And so what we're looking for are people on the right side, those volunteer people, people who you would look at and say, yeah, I want that guy, I want that girl. I trust them spiritually. I trust that they hear the Lord. I trust that they have good things to give to other people. So I'm not asking who you think is a good business person. I'm not asking who you think is a good mom. I'm asking who do you see these gifts in? And when you look at them, you say, yeah, they've got stuff to give. So here's some things that you can think about. On that little card, if Stonebridge is your home church, then you can, and I don't care how long you've been here, if you consider Stonebridge your family and you're in ninth grade or up, then you can write names on that card. So you're going to write your own name on that card and then you can write up to three other names on that card. You can't write your own name and you can't write the name of anybody you're related to. But other than that, you can write names down. Men and women are fine. Either one are fine. This is a, if you look through the New Testament, all of these gifts, we see these gifts operating in both men and women. And so we're not, we don't need to exclude there. I don't care about age. If you think there's a 15-year-old who has a lot of spiritual maturity and you're like, I want them on the wall, then you can put their name down and we'll work through that. Just because someone is nominated doesn't mean they'll be selected. You can flip, please. And these are the things I want you thinking about when, you thinking, when you're thinking about the people. Character, do they look like Jesus? That's broad. Do you see evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in their life? So again, do you see love? Do you see joy? Do you see peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Do those things mark that man or that woman? Calling, which of these five gifts do you see in them? If you don't see one, don't write their name down. So I want you to say, man, when I look at that guy... He takes care of people. And so I'm writing shepherd down. When I look at that guy, I think he hears the Lord. I'm writing prophet down. That guy is great at helping people understand. I'm writing teacher down. So that's what we want. We're trying to create a team of people that represent all five of those voices. We need, to, we need all of them in leadership or we're going to get deformed. If we only have two, if we only have four, we're going to be deformed. And so we need all five of those roles and voices in leadership. Chemistry, please don't pick a jerk. Are they easy to work with? If you don't want to be in the room with them, don't put me in the room with them. That's not nice. Are they servant-oriented? Leadership in the kingdom is how low can you go. If they're power-hungry... If they like to lord over people, if they throw around titles and they throw their... Then don't write their name down. 
that probably fits under they don't look a lot like Jesus, but I want to be clear. We want people who are easy to work with, people who recognize. Jesus said the greatest is the one who serves. That's what leadership looks like. It looks like serving. So people who, when you think of them, you're like, that. yes. I see them as a servant-hearted individual. So those are, and, and you don't need to write any names down today, but you can if you want. So there's two ways that we're going to respond today. One, everybody, I want you taking a minute and asking the Lord, which one of these, which one of these fit? We're not trying to pigeonhole you. I'm not try, I'm not, we're not going to give you a name tag or a badge. You're not going to have different colored shirts for whatever gift you are. We're not doing that. But you need to know because you're a gift to the body. And you need to know how that functions. You need to, I want you to hear, if you don't hear anything else, you are a gift to the body. And you need to know what gift you are. Because that's how God wants to use you. That's one of the things that, don't hear this as pressure but invitation. One of the things he's going to say is, what did you do with that prophetic wiring that I gave to you? Did you do anything with it during my absence? You can't, you're not responsible for results, but did you steward it? Did you try to help other people who you saw who were similar, similarly wired, who were younger in their faith than you? Did you bring somebody along? Were you willing, when it came time to make a decision, to say, hey, here's what, I'm, here's what I think the Lord is saying, even if it was maybe a little bit different from what other people were saying? That's part of what prophets do. They're willing to stand up and... Even stand alone at times. He's going to ask you, hey, you're, I, I gifted you as a shepherd. Who did you take care of? Let's hear about it. Who were you loving on during your time? It's great that you were loving on your family. Anybody else, were you taking care of anybody? When that name flashed across your mind, did you actually reach out to them? Because realize, not everybody has names flashed across their mind. That's unique to you. As a shepherd, one of the things about these gifts, because you're not in anybody else's skin, you don't realize what's unique about you. You think, oh, everybody's this way. They're not. Everybody's not that way. You're that way. And that's kind of where this stewardship thing comes into play. Am I being responsible with the way God's made me to be? So that's the first thing for everybody. I want you to have a sense. Again, not so you can wear a name tag, but so that you'll know, hey, this is, my, this is the way I help. Mature the body of Christ. Here's my way of helping build up the body for works of service. And then we can talk about what are, the, what are the ways that plays out. Do you need a formal role leading a small group or working with our kids? Do you need a formal role on a ministry team up here? We can talk about that. But it may not be that at all. But if you know, then it will definitely help you be led by the Spirit. And the second thing is... I want you to begin to pray and ask the Lord, who are the, who are, is there one or two or three people who when you look around this congregation, you say, you know what? I think that guy or that girl needs to be in the room. I, need, I think that person, I see them as someone who's mature in their gifts and is in a position to give to others. And so I wanna, I'm going to write their name down. And that's all you have to do. You don't need to go talk to them. We'll go talk to them. If you, if, if you don't know if they've been here for a year, don't worry about it. We'll find that out. So we'll run everything. You don't need to ask their permission. You can just write their name down and we'll ask their permission. And that kind of takes you, kind of gets, eliminates that awkward conversation that you may have to have with someone who you might not even know that well. But you see that in. 
And so we'll have that conversation with them and we'll explain to everybody, here are the ins and outs and here's the time commitment. You don't need to worry about any of that. What I need to hear from you and what I want to hear from you over the next couple of weeks is who do you see as that as spiritual leadership here uh, at Stonebridge? 